Okay. First well, of all, you're gonna need do to be not in. disturb. This is we're recording a podcast here. This is I serious felt, business. I feel very disturbed. This is a serious business. Oh yeah, no, this is a, our business is serious. No, but this specifically right now is serious business. Is serious podcast business. And everyone listening who's heard our shows before is like, oh yeah, it's a like, whoa, serious whoa, whoa. podcast. Can't believe they started the show like that. This is a serious show that I listen to every week as a person. That's you. That's what you're saying. You're a listener. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is going to be an episode about summer slumpers. <laughs> Different than summer slumbers, which are... Little naps. Little, 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 little slumber parties you've been in the pool and you just take a little slumber in the nap. Oh, I was going with slumber parties as a kid. Oh, summer slumbers. Yeah, summer slumbers. Oh my gosh, slumber summer, parties were so fun. You guys remember fun. slumber parties? Why don't adults do summer parties? Like, if you just think about it for a second... like oh, you're like, why don't we just go over to a friend's house and just sleep over? Because we make everything weird. I know. You know, you get, like, I'm not you trying get older, to, like, you I know, know, do a wife swap And everything here. becomes weird. And, like, like when you're night. a kid, everything's so innocent. It's just like, I want to hang out with my friends more time. More time. Yeah. Why don't we do adult sleepovers? We should do that. You know, it's funny. Okay, let's just talk about sleepovers for a second. Okay, sure. I just had a flashback to whenever I would find myself at a sleepover where one of the girls would be like... Let's all try to stay up all night. First one to fall asleep is a loser. Or like whatever. Nice, nice. And of course, like you, a, a you know brain. how much I love to sleep. Yeah. And you know how much of a sensitive Sally I yeah. am. But like, you're also an I achiever. wear it like a badge of honor. But I'm also an achiever. I also yeah. am like I, very competitive. And I'm like, oh, you give me a challenge. And when I tell you that I would fight so hard to stay awake, <laughs> and it was just like it took all the joy out of the experience for me. So I'm like, yeah, let's all try to stay up. Oh, it's so fun. And I'm like. Damn it. <laughs> everything, just everything in my body wants to fall asleep right now, but everything also in my brain wants me to win. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know the story, uh, one of our, f- our earliest interactions together where you had to really test your own you-ness was my 24-hour movie marathon. That's right. Where I would host this, and this was obviously a long time ago when you I was- You used to do this once a year. Yeah. I was in my 20s, and you could just do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was at 6 would, p.m. it started. Then we would watch you would 12 host, to 14 movies straight. Yes. For uh, for 24 hours, and they would just be back to back. Like there yeah, were so small now, breaks. Now knowing this about me, this is the first year we were dating. So I, here I am again. Did you stay up the whole time? Of course I did. Great because job. the brain being like, you have to win, <laughs> and you have to show this person that you can do this. How which terrible is so was your stupid. life the next couple days? Do you remember? Oh, awful. But I was like 21, so my body could just, just bounce, bounce back. back. Yeah, just bounce back. Like Who misses ball? the bounce back factor? Oh my If gosh. you were listening to this and you're like Gen Z, just if you have the bounce back do right now. Do you think now, we have any Gen Z listeners? Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, I don't. Oh, if you're a Gen Z, or email us or snap us. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't have any Gen Z listeners. Okay, we lost them. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we never had them, just so you're aware. Is Snapchat's a thing? never had them. I don't <laughs> think so. Even if it is, that wasn't the right thing to say, and I'm yeah. aware of that. Yeah. Anyway, what I meant to say was, if you have the bounce back still, I need you to appreciate that, and I need you to be grateful for this it. This is what old people say. I know, we're old now. Yeah, this is we what like people jazz. say. We're like, embrace the time when you have it, you know, and you're just like, what? Why? Why is your grandpa a cookie monster? <laughs> Eat them all when you can. Never know when you're going to get more. Are you older? Are you a Muppet? <laughs> yes, I'm yes. an older Muppet. The answer is yes. I think everyone would say that about me. Like, how you would you describe me. Jason? Just older a, Muppet. Just a couple of old Muppets. <laughs> That's us. Uh, that actually is very appropriate it to is? us as people. Oh, if like, I meant to the episode. We're just like, like, burr, 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 burr. like that's we us. are a little bit like Muppets. Let's get into the Pramvel of this episode. Oh, that actually, was kind of the that was Pramvel. We also had a Pramvel to the Pramvel, which is just your energy levels right now. Oh, yeah, but I, I feel like I'm hiding it really well. No, you are, but just, no, just to be honest with folks. That yes, we're going to be honest a, with folks. 
looks. We've had a rough couple of days. Not like real bad, but no, just like just it's been hard on you. My eyes are acting up and... We've been driving a lot. We have been driving a lot, which we'll share with you um, in future episodes of where we are, what we've been doing, but we've been on the road a lot. Yeah. And so for those of you just who are newer, I have this eye condition that is sounds really fancy it's called binocular vision dysfunction which sounds really serious but really it just means my eyes are vertically misaligned and certain activities cause a lot of strain and cause like double vision i have glasses that corrects this most of the time but even with my prescription when you do activities such as driving it is very exacerbated because um, your brain is trying to focus on a lot of things and it's not quite as clear and it's trying to match up the picture in your brain. And that's tough on my little brain and my eyes. And so... I, I have been saying this for years. Like, What's up? let's just get you horse blinders. I know. So you can just drive and you can just look at like one spot in the road. Like you can't see everything. Well, I even was like, what if I could just close my eyes? And then. But that, that's a whole different, oh, that's a whole world, different. world for you. Yeah. So long story short. Yeah. I just, it's, it's very uncomfortable because I feel very dizzy and I have these headaches and anyway. Almost didn't record an episode. So we want you folks to know we're showing up for you. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have uh, showed up if it was at the detriment to myself because you know I'm a believer in you take care of your health first and foremost that's important but I I looked inward and I was like you know I think I can muster up a little bit of energy to bring my best to this episode and that's why we shared this at the top of the episode so that you kind of know where we're know where we are yeah I I also was thinking about this sometimes I feel kind of weird and self-conscious about always sharing that because I'm like nobody wants to be the person who's always telling people like I don't feel my best but at the same time I was thinking how few content creators like you know youtubers or podcasters or anyone how few people just share honestly about what what type of headspace they're in before they film content i also tell you this all the time of you're like i don't want to like talk about my anxiety or do this stuff and i'm like but no one does that's why no one talks about it it's true it's like it's true if you don't talk about it no one talks about it it's true and and it the like I think part of this not to get like too deep here in the oh. Bell, this is supposed to be stupid and silly. <laughs> what are we doing here? Why are we more cookies? Uh, is that like it's the truth, and it's the yeah. truth for so many people. Yeah. And the fact that we just kind of like go about this whole charade and podcasts and YouTube and you know social and all these other places, like. But look at this cool thing I made. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like two hours before this, I was having a mental breakdown. And two hours later, like I had to sleep for three days, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like those things don't get shared because we just want everyone to make sure that they know that like look how good we're doing at something. Totally. But it is such a fine line because also from my perspective, it's not as much about like, oh, uh, you know, I'm self-conscious and I don't want to share it because I'm afraid of what people think. I mean, it's a little bit that, of course, because I'm a human being, but it's also for my own self. I don't, I I like to challenge myself to not fall into this victim story sometimes because it's true. Like when I don't feel my best, that's, it's not like I'm telling myself a story. I don't feel my best and I'm creating my own reality in that sense. Like I know I don't feel my best, but at the same time, if you keep reinforcing that story in your head, you live there and you just dwell there and you can very easily stay there. And so part of me not always wanting to bring call attention to it is also trying to rewrite the story in my own head to be like, you know what? I know I don't feel my best in this moment, but it's not, it's not like I want to fake it. It's just, I want to like try to change my state. Does that yeah, make sense? Definitely. So hopefully those of you who do have certain conditions or mental health challenges can relate to that, that kind of, 
back and forth of like, do I acknowledge some of these limitations because it makes me feel like I'm being truthful or do I not acknowledge them because it makes me feel like I'm rewriting the story for myself a little bit. You got to make that choice. You got to make that choice. And every situation is different. And today's choice was I decided to be honest about it. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> All right. Pranvel, the actual Pranvel, taking you on our travel adventure. We, Where we last left you, we were in a very small town outside of Perth. and we Of Scotland. Of Scotland. <laughs> and we were just getting ready to go, to move on to Creef, Scotland, mm-hmm. which was a very short 25-minute drive away. Yes, it's another small town. Yeah, and uh, actually the way that this worked out is we found the first Airbnb and, or sorry, we found the second Airbnb, the one that we're going to talk about the place that we moved to, and then we were looking for a place before that because the dates weren't available. So we're like, we had this other chunk of time and this one ended up being so close. We're like, well, this is kind of fun. Like, I wish we could have stayed at the second one for the whole time, obviously. Yeah. That also had fiber internet. So, like, let's just start there. Let's just start there. So, where we last left you, we were at this cottage. It was cute. There was nature. But there was no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. There was a bed sandwich that I had to make to live there. <laughs> and it just was not the most of comfortable. It was fine, but it wasn't the most comfortable. Yes. Cottage is the word there. Yeah. Fast forward to, we do the 30-minute drive. We get to what is called the Bothy, which we found out is actually a structure that was built in like farmlands and things that people could just come to as they were on their way hiking yeah, or traveling. Yeah, it's kind of like a hostel in the woods. But a lot of times free. Like it was just yes. an open space that they would just hostels let people... Hostels are sometimes free. Are they? Yeah. We don't know anything about hostels. <laughs> we don't travel with one flip-flop and we don't stay in hostels. That's just our, as old Muppets, we, just, we don't do. They actually have signs on the door. They're like, if you're an old no Muppet, old Muppets don't come in. <laughs> uh, so we we found the Bothy and it just really oh, cool. Oh, so wait, just, can I, this is always what happens. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Your brain just goes yeah, and I got to fill in the blanks yeah. for people. I feel like I'm the Sean Hayes of the Smartless podcast. Okay. I'm always like, for, uh, oh, okay. in, if you're in Wisconsin, for a Bothy Tracy. is for Tracy, a, Wisconsin, for Tracy, yeah. Wisconsin. Um, so normally that's what a Bothy is. Yes. This is a renovated Bothy. Yes. So it's not, we, it was not a hostel. No one else could come through. That's right. Yeah. So basically they took this structure. It was on this farm and that had um, lots of area around it. And they renovated it in a really cool aesthetic that is definitely up our alley. Yeah. Lots of like poured polished concrete and plywood. And it's like just this very cool Scandinavian minimal aesthetic yeah. that we love with lots of light pouring in. Yeah. I'll, we'll, as usual, our, we'll be linking these Airbnb listings in the description and the show notes uh, of these podcast episodes. So you can go and check it out. You can be like, where did these zooks stay? I want to see. Yeah. You can see where they slept. Like that's what I know. <laughs> Everybody's and read doing. our review. You weirdo. <laughs> you Gen Z weirdos. That's all the Gen Zers doing. Seriously, if you're Gen Z, please send an email. I know please. you might be like, I don't email. Please send please. one. Hello, wandering Google how to I email. really want to know if we have any Gen Zers. Someone on TikTok will tell you how this. to email. I'm gonna. You know, we're gonna get. What's we're gonna that? get some like boomers who're gonna send us an email and be like, be like <laughs> I know gotcha. some Gen Zers. Like, come on, fellow old Muppet here. <laughs> <laughs> Those would be our millennial friends. Yeah. Um. So the Bothy was lovely. Loved it. Uh, the The internet was the fastest we've had this entire year, Blazing. which I know is such a weird thing to even discuss. But I kid you not, like, uh, one of our YouTube videos that we would finish and upload that would take on like normal Wi-Fi an hour to upload, like really good normal Wi-Fi an hour. In the Bothy, it took three minutes. It was incredible. I've never seen internet this fast. It was great. But it was a good little experience. Loved the vibes, like you said. And the only problem with it, we did have one problem. 
I was allergic to something in the bothy. Yes. And we couldn't figure out. Well, I do think we figured out what it was. This was like the third or fourth night. I woke up in the morning and you had another sneezing fit. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I got to figure out what it is. I was just waking up at like four o'clock in the morning. I know. It was so yeah. bad. And then I saw this um, fl- vase of flowers Beautiful. in the bedroom. Beautiful flowers. Gorgeous. Yeah. And I just like in my like tired stupor, I pick it up and I like go to the trash can. And I'm like, I think this is it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. Cool. Find. Yeah. And so I throw it away and we're like, maybe this will be it. Turns out, I think whatever pollen that, I do think that was it. Yeah. Because it was noticeably worse in the bedroom when you'd go in it there. It was noticeably worse. And, and this was like an open living space. So like right. there actually was an open area to above to get into the bedroom from the living room. But even still, just that slight bit of separation, it was better in the so living room. So we tried to wash the sheets. We tried everything. Yeah. But we think that it kind of got in the drapes. There were some blackout curtains that it we just, actually I think got open. everywhere. I think, I think the pollen just got everywhere. So poor Jason. We loved this place. The Wi-Fi is so fast. Went and through like, like three rolls of toilet paper just, blowing my nose. It would be... So insane. We're going to tell you about a excursion. Well, two excursions, actually, I think, that we went on while during our time in Kreef. Yeah. And we would, like, spend the whole day out doing an adventure. Not a sneeze, not, not a, a sniffle. Not a sneeze in yeah. sight. Jason would walk through the doors of this Airbnb, and he would have his aggressively sharp sneezes. Oh, interesting. Now we're judging people's sneezes. We are judging people's sneezes because okay. it's too much, and fellow, you know it. Uh, fellow relationship havers out there, those of you with spouses or partners or people that you live with who are listening to this, let us know. Do you, are you offended by, by your partner's sneeze? Of your partner's because sneeze. Because I think as we're getting older, we're coming way out of the honeymoon phase. We're not even <laughs> in the like we're not even in the standard relationship phase anymore. We're, we're now the, in the everything you do just bothers the shit out of me. Especially the sharpness of your sneeze. I just think that you are a little aggressive with it. I think okay, you try to make it louder to, than it needs to let's be. Let's get to the good parts of the Prambelle because we actually have two things we want to share that were super fun. We've been burying the lead. Yeah. So we had two of our most fun ex- like experiences, three actually, but we'll save one for the next time. The first one is a food experience. We're yeah. not going to get too far into it because we know that you do. You can't see food you can't on see a food. podcast, but that's all right. I listen to food well, podcasts. You can't, or hear food. You Weird. can if you're crunching and you're munching. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, In another life, I would love to have a snack podcast. Where you hear snacks? No, where I just like, review snacks and tell the stories of snacks. Like I told you about this. Like I want to like- Stories of snacks. I want to tell the story of like Pop-Tarts. Like how did it come to be? Oh, that's then, right. Like, that is a good like, podcast three idea. Three different flavors. That is a good podcast idea. Hidden, hidden, what are the Nature's Valley, like granola bars. Wait. Why are these so crumbly? And then like talk so about crumbly? like the history of that. And like, are there any of them like not crumbly? No, they're not. I forgot to tell you Pringles. this. I, wanna, I forgot like, to you know, tell you this the other day. When I was FaceTiming my brother, he actually was eating a strawberry Pop-Tart. Just straight up like, not remember toasted? Jason and I got Pop-Tarts at the grocery store, like, ironically. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. look what I found. And like, oh, let's bring it home and let's have a Pop-Tart. We haven't had a Pop-Tart in like 15 years. Yeah. I'm FaceTiming my brother. And I was like, this reminds me of my brother because my brother was obsessed with strawberry Pop-Tarts. Yeah. My brother is almost a 38-year-old man. I'm <laughs> FaceTiming him. And I'm like, what are you eating? And he's like, a strawberry Pop-Tart. And I was like, you have to be shitting me. And not toasted either. Just <laughs> right out of the sleeve. I loved him so much in that yeah, moment. I was like, oh, never change. So uh, speaking of the food ad- adventures of our lives, uh, not my snack podcast, which coming soon to a podcast. Stories of snacks. You, is the oldest working distillery in Scotland. Yes. And this was called the Glen Turret. And we found this place. It was very close by to our Airbnb, like I think a 15 minute drive, not even. And didn't even know this was here. This was just something we started looking at. We're like, oh, this is here. Oh, you know why we found it is because we were looking for good restaurants in the we area. Were. And we saw the restaurant at the Glen Turret Distillery is called 
Lalique. The, the Lalique. The Lalique Which had only been around for one year and had already earned a Michelin star. Now, not to say that Michelin star is like the end all be all it's restaurants, really but not. it's a really good litmus test to know the quality of food that Absolutely. is being prepared. And we were like, whoa, let's get a reservation ASAP. And yeah. then I tried and they didn't have any available. But what they did have available, because we decided we were looking, we're like, oh, but like we still kind of want to go. It would be a good experience. We didn't want to do like the whiskey like distillery tour. That's Normally fine. we'd be into that, but like we're not that into whiskey. And so yeah, we like were I, kinda, think I think we it just, was a tequila distillery tour. Yeah, we've been all over because we love but tequila. But I think it was also like our heart was set on a, like a culinary experience. Yeah. And so we were already like kind of had our sights set on that. But in the restaurant bookings, it's like lunch, dinner, full, full. And then it said whiskey flight. And yeah. that had an opening for the day we were looking for. And we were like, well, neither of us are really whiskey drinkers, but like we could go and have a flight. Sure, let's try it. Plus they had a little cafe. So we're like, we can get a bite at the cafe. Get a bite at the cafe. Cause we assumed they weren't going to feed us food. We thought yeah. maybe some like bar nuts and stuff. Bar nuts. You know what I mean? Bar nuts. Bar nuts. <laughs> yep. There's like, Hey, you want a bar nut? And you're like, I don't know what kind of nut that is. Like it's a bar nut. It's a bar nut. So we end up going there. Beautiful grounds. Uh, we walk the, the grounds, we go to the cafe, we have a little snack beforehand, we get to the bar, we sit down, and we just start this lovely experience. It's such a lovely day. And I will tell you that if you were to ask us nine times out of ten, would the Zooks like to sit at the bar or sit at a table, we would say table. table. This time, so glad we sat at the bar. So glad. In fact... Yeah, I maybe I'm biased because that was such a great experience for us. But I can't. Yeah, I just I would say do the bar. Yeah. Um. Because oh, if you were gonna go to Glen Turret, if I was that's gonna your go to Glen Turret, yeah. I would just be like because honestly the, the tables are right there. Yeah. It's not like you have some like private different. But it all experience. depends on what kind of experience you it's want, true, right? It's like true, if you want like the tasty menu, like you know we it's get true. it. Like listen, we're fancy eaters. Long story short, we get to the bar, we sit at the bar, and my favorite part of the whiskey flight experience is you get, they have all different flights. It's not just, you go, Oh, it's a flight of three whiskeys and we like choose them or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. It's, different types of flights so they have the classic which is just like their three different aged whiskeys that are like their standard yep. then you have the historical which is what jason did yep. and you're getting older whiskeys got even. some from back in the 60s or something it was yeah the back. 70s i think yeah. bottled in, in the 80s and so it's got this beautiful vintage label i yep. love you know the designer in me is like i love the label it's story dusty. oh it's got some some on dust it. in there. <laughs> and then they also had a flight that was a cocktail flight yeah so it was different cocktails with different different aged whiskeys and that's the one that I did because straight whiskey is not my thing yeah. and even cocktails are a little iffy my, it depends on the iffy. type you know it's like but, an old-fashioned if we're talking about or a whiskey sour like those are not cocktails you order but Jason from Malta Jason from who Malta was our mixologist yes his name was Jason he was from Malta made some amazing cocktails he, he made me love whiskey yeah. and he really like my favorite thing I mean thing, he didn't make you he didn't force you he to didn't love force it. me to yeah. love it no but the thing I loved about this experience, and it's why we do love tasting experiences, whether it's wine tasting or, and I totally understand if like, if alcohol is not your thing, like yeah. I get it for sure. For us, it's like a culinary experience where I just love the storytelling aspect and I love the sensory experience of it. To me, it's like a food tasting. It's yeah. like, they're telling me about what notes I'm getting and the smells and the taste. They're telling me about where it was bottled, where it was distilled, why they're telling, and then in the case of the cocktails, I especially love it because they're telling me why does certain things pair well with this? And mm -hmm. you know, how did you bring out the smokiness flavor? And this simple syrup was made with like the pine cones of a something or whether, yeah, yeah. and I 
just love it all. I love yeah. the storytelling aspect. It was fun. We, as we were drinking, we just assumed that we had our meal before at the little cafe, which mm-hmm. wasn't much of a meal, just kind of like a standard like light lunch or mm-hmm. whatever. The, we were going to have the whiskey flight and then we we're just going to leave. That was yeah. going to be it. And we're like just about to start our first drink. And Emilio, who's like the front of house manager, comes over and he's like, so do you guys want some food with this? We're like, like yeah. you have an option to get food. We did not know this. So he gives us a menu and it's basically like an abridged menu of the restaurant menu. So you have a bunch of different things. So we got tempura cod. We got a meat and cheese plate. We got some malt vinegar fries. Mm. It was just, I mean, we wanted to order everything that was I know, on the menu. I know, we really did. And it was fantastic. The malt vinegar fries were, I could not get enough of those. They were so, they were like sweet, but oh, But so salty good. and like chonky, but They're also so just crunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was delicious. But the whole experience was just great. I think we met every single person that worked there. Yeah, and that was, was what I was going to say is my favorite part and why we love sitting at the bar so much is because... All of the staff is incredibly diverse across Europe. And I, I think this is pretty true of the hospitality industry. You tend to attract, you know, people from all over come to different restaurants because they want to get experience or they want to work with certain chefs or chefs or anything like that. And we met friends from Spain. We yep. met friends from Malta. We met friends from Germany. We met friends from all over. Yeah. And it was fun for us traveling Europe to be able to share our experiences, get recommendations from like, it was just my favorite part of the experience I think was the social like aspect, you know, combined with the tasting experience. It was just an all in all wonderful day. Now, if you were wondering if there was something that could top that experience and that is currently sitting, I believe at the top of all experiences we've done so far this year. Wow. It is one Scottish Highland cattle tour. Ooh, my brain got stuck. <laughs> the if you have ever seen one of the long-haired cattle mm-hmm. uh, that we used to have a print of it in our home. We did, and we named him Hercules, and he was lovely. Although now looking back, I believe he was a she because of now <laughs> I understand how the horns work. Yeah, the females' horns go up, the males' horns go straight out. Correct. That's okay. Uh, Hercules could go either way. That's fine. Yeah. But I basically found myself at a certain point when we were in Creve, I was like, I want to do something, but we don't want to go so far or we don't want to like, I just want to do something interesting. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen castles, like we had a castle on the agenda, which we'll talk about next episode. That was great. But I just want to do something different. And I was like, what's a, like, what's a thing that I just know that I'm not going to be able to really do anywhere else? It's like the Scottish Highland cattle. You just wanted to meet some cattle. Yeah. So we, we looked it up and I found an amazing little farm that's been run for like 20 years. They do these tours uh, and we booked it. It was a two hour drive, which mm-hmm. was probably where your problems with your eyes started. started yeah. We've been doing okay. a lot of driving. It was worth it. But we, so we get in the car to go and it's raining. And we're a little bit bummed because we're like, oh, the weather stinks for the drive, but like, we're not going to let this get us down. Mm-hmm. These, these cattle want to see us. They are <laughs> excited. They, the Queenie and John who run the farm, mm-hmm. they have been telling the cattle that we are coming. That's right. And so we drive to this farm. We had quite a detour halfway through the drive where we drove on the, I kid you not, the smallest road anyone has ever, ever driven seen. on their entire life. Now, I'm not saying the scariest road. Like, I know there are scarier. True. Because there's like cliff edges sure, and sure, things sure. on other roads. This road... Our rental car barely fit. The smallest plus there was quite, it was the most uneven and the smallest together yeah. in one. Yeah. And it, it was for five miles. It was so far. Honestly, the, most of these, you know, little skinny roads I can deal with. It's fine because I know at a certain point, yeah. like in a mile, it's going to change to something else. Yeah, That's exactly. usually how it works. This one, knowing it was five miles yeah. long, a person who does not have anxiety, that's me, was like starting to white knuckle the steering I know. wheel. It was bit. really scary. And then the worst part is the whole reason Google took us this way is because it said that the, there was a road closure on the main road. That had lane lines and, and on tons the, of space. And on the way back, we were like, fuck this. 
We were like, we're going to try to do this main road because we cannot do the five miles again. And there was not a road closure. In there were some sight. cones. There were literally there was like, co- there was like three cones on the side of the wow, road. Wow, cool. Glad I avoided those cones. Anyway, so uh, we, we make it through the diversion. Mm-hmm. Caroline's not feeling great, but she is being a trooper Thank and you. she's keeping her excitement up for these cattle I was that like, are I'm, waiting for you us. You are not going to ruin this for me. Rain and roads. We get to the farm. We pull up. Queenie, who's just this adorable, adorable, uh, sm- tiny woman. She's very small. <laughs> yes. uh, is waiting. John is also waiting. He's just like if you picture like classic Scottish, Scottish older man. He's got one of those hats that's that got has brims it's plaid. Both, both ways. Yeah, it's got the like a Sherlock yeah. Holmes hat. He's got his his uh, rubber boots on already, like a big trench coat. Great. Anyway, we pull up. And they're just lovely. And they're like, oh, hey, if you want to mill around here, we have a couple uh, of cattle that are up here. These are actually prize winners because they just took them to a show. And yeah, because like- my favorite part about this experience, because I told Jason, like, you know, we don't want to do experiences where these animals are just basically like held in cages for humans to come and yeah. like pet them. Like, like that is. We love zoos, but we just don't go anymore. Yeah, we're yeah. not interested in that. But the thing that attracted us to this experience is that these cattle. Th- exist on 2000 acres of land. Yes. They get to birth their calves. They get to be out in the fields. Like that is their life. The only times that they bring them into the structures or in, you know, the areas where they basically are not free is when they have to administer medicine or they need to be quarantined from other animals for, you know, health reasons or whatever. Um, and so, you know, we, the, the ones that we got to see that were up in the structure, like Jason said, had been somewhere else and they had won a prize or whatever. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, We also got to like congratulate them yeah like, we were just like you, you look did, beautiful you all did such a good job. like i see every yeah. reason why you would win but from there we hopped in this like off-road golf cart basically uh-huh. and we just start going so yeah. we're just cruising with john and queenie they're in the front we're in the back it's pouring down rain yeah queenie is trying to talk to you you can't see her you my, can barely yeah, hear her that was my favorite thing is just <laughs> nodding at queenie queenie will start talking to me and saying something really interesting and it's already hard to hear her she's has the thickest like accent yeah. scottish accent over the like motorized sound of the vehicle. And then yeah. what she'll do is she'll start talking to me by turning to the back seat of the cart and then she'll continue talking yeah. out the front of the cart. And, and so you're I'm just like, like uh-huh, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Queenie, I can't hear you. Yeah. So we, uh, we pull up as we're pulling up, we meet our first, uh, calf. Friend. Yeah. His name is Magnus. Magnus. He is five weeks old. And if you just want to get an idea of the size of him, picture the biggest dog you have ever seen in your entire life. He's about twice the size of that. Yeah. Just enormous for a five-week-old. You're like, what? You just got yeah. born. So he was very curious about us, but he he didn't want to be petted yet. He yeah, wasn't, no, no, He no. wasn't that sure. Then we got out, and then he got very curious. So then yeah. he like he kind of like hopped up this hill. Yeah. And that's where you got to pet his little mohawk. Well, because yeah, Queenie and John were weren't being um, exactly straightforward about like come over and do, you know, I think like, it's every cow friendly. Exactly. Like, we don't know. So, well, they were, so I was just sort of like following their lead because also these are huge animals. Like yeah. you don't want to ever forget that this is an animal that could like hurt Trample you if you. it wanted yeah. to. And so I was being very cautious and also I'm in their place. I don't want to startle them. And so I'm kind of taking my cues from Queenie. And at one point she's like, come over, you can say hi. Yeah. And so, but you know, we were very respectful of the animals and just kind of like, you just want to, you don't want to startle them. You don't want to, approach them too quickly. And so I'm just sort of like sidling up and Magnus is like kind of investigating me and I'm investigating him. And then finally she's like, you can pet him. And so I'm petting his cute 
little front of his face. Yeah, he's got like a little mohawk And almost. he just starts licking my arm, my <laughs> coat, which has rainwater on it. And yeah. his tongue is so grabby. Yeah. And it was just this like cute little moment where it was kind of like, yeah, I'm like, I'm into this. Like yeah. I was saying that to him and he was saying yeah. that to me. I'm like, we can do this. I got to say hello to Magnus as well. And then Queenie walked us up to who is the star of the show, which you just meet right off the bat. And that's Maggie. Maggie is Maggie a star. Maggie is a 1,600 pound Highland cow. And Wait. we also learned a cow, a cow is a female cattle who has had a, at least one baby. Yes. A heifer is a female cattle who has not yet had a baby. Correct. A calf is just a calf, as you would imagine. And then uh, the a bull is the male version of it. So those are all the things. So when you say cows, you're really only talking about the females who've had babies. That's why they say head of cattle when they're talking about like how many are on a farm. Right. That's why they say head of cattle. So anyway, we meet Maggie. She is so docile. Yeah. She is so comfortable around people. Mm -hmm. And since watching about an hour of YouTube videos of other farms with Scottish Highland cattle, I can tell you that they're not all like her. They're totally. all docile, but yeah. they're not all as comfortable around people. Right. She was so happy we, we brushed her. I had yeah. like a good two-minute conversation with her about her day. It's pouring down rain. She has three layers of fur that protect her and insulate her. It doesn't matter to her she, whatsoever. She was also my hair twin. She was your hair so twin. So my favorite yeah. thing was the different colors. We have a colors. YouTube video coming that will show some of this All in the cows weeks. or all the cattle are different colors. And they yeah. have these beautiful coats Do you remember of hair. The, you remember the colors? Oh, black, brown, you have, fawn. You have black. You have ginger. Ginger. You have blonde. Blonde. You have and fawn. You don't have fawn. Oh, you don't You're have fawn. Trying to do the Staffordshire Bull Terrier oh. color. You have uh, Br black, brindle, ginger, blonde, and brindle. Those brindle. are the four main. Okay, okay, okay. Then you have white uh -huh. and dun. Dun is the secret dun one. Dun is the secret one, which is like charcoal, which mm -hmm. is a very interesting color. Which they do have a dun one there. We saw there was a dun male, I believe. So then, uh, what was Maggie? Maggie was a ginger. Ginger. She was, yeah, that's like the standard color. Yeah. Ugh. Just lovely. lovely. I think red. They might call them red. Yeah, where'd you get ginger but from? But ginger, it goes, they also use ginger okay. as well. But yeah, Maggie was just, she was so friendly. She, you know, she just was happy to have us around. Yeah. She started making some noises and we we're like, Queenie, is she okay? She's like, oh yeah, she's, she's happy. Like, oh, when she that's make a good those noise. Noises. We're like, okay, cool, cool. Which cool. is just so, and it's just, it's amazing to be around such a large animal mm -hmm. and to not feel really worried. Like I had no sense of worry whatsoever, which I know I probably should have a little bit. You definitely should have. And also I do think that's the difference too in your size maybe because that I'm, I'm relatable in size. I'm like 1600 well, just, pounds. I think your height actually, because yeah. you're, I'm, we're I'm at, still bigger than the exactly. cow. Exactly. Yeah. We're at that perfect height. We're like, you're actually taller than a cow. And I'm sort of like right at their <laughs> back height. And yeah. I'm like, Ooh, I could get trapped under here real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you could for and sure. And you could. Yeah. yeah. So, um, more people die every year from cows than sharks. This is true. You did hear this recently, I heard that recently. Uh, but not Highland cattle. I can tell you that much. Also, they're the oldest known breed of cattle mm -hmm. in existence. That's cool. Which is cool. Um, Just the overall experience was so magical. Yeah, so and I was going to say, we we got in the, the off-road golf cart and we drove we around to like six different areas. Yeah, they basically took us to like six different, because I'm telling you, 2,000 acres, you have all kinds of different places, like, different pastures one that's like just hilly one that has like a bank of rocks one that's like you have to go over these bridges with all this water underneath you like just it was yeah. so fun it was like you know it was nature's amusement park yeah i will say one of my favorite parts of the tour is they have two spots that are like lookout spots of like look at this loch and look at this this famous hill and like we're gonna tell you about this mountain and all i <laughs> want to say was i don't care give me more cattle 
Like yeah. that's all I want to do is is say hello to more cattle. That's yeah, it. that was that part was funny. They were like giving us all these facts about like the island and the thing, and of course it's pouring down rain, so you can't even see that much. And I could just tell Jason was like, "Yeah, but can we go see the?" Yeah, but like there's doing? like you said, you have like two hundred of these cattle that I need to meet. All of them, every single one of them, I need to meet. Uh, so we finished this off with a fun little adventure of. What? Feeding the lambs. Oh, sorry. I thought you were still going to talk about the tea. Like, that was my favorite part, oh, too. Oh, yeah. We did have a little uh, We did they, have a little tea break. Yeah. they d- We got to take a little break, and they poured us some... I mean, the break was standing in the rain in our rain jackets I having know, some tea. I know, but it was tea. just it my was favorite no, no, thing. Like, and they were like, oh, our neighbors made these little brownies. And the flapjacks. And the flapjacks. So we're just, like, eating... Which is, like, a Scottish... It's, like, shortbread cookie, but imagine replace the flour with oats, for those yes. of you who are my baker friends. So it's delicious. very delicious. Yeah, it's like another vehicle. For and again, Bobby. just on. my favorite little social interaction of just talking with yeah. new friends and saying like, how long have you had the farm? And like, tell us about the area. And Is I really... Maggie available to Skype at any yeah. time when I want Skype? Skype? Oh, Zoom? Wow. <laughs> Snap me, bro. Really? Really? <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Okay, so the last thing that we did just to wrap up our Pranval is we got to feed some, some lammies that mm-hmm. uh, one was born... To a mom who didn't have enough teats for the three babies, so he was a triplet. Right, his mom kind of. Well, no, we we don't know that for sure. Oh, but I she, thought that's what no, it was. No, Queenie said she said the two of them. One of them, the mom didn't have enough milk, mm. so didn't have enough supply. And then the other one, she said the mom abandoned it. And I well, was like, I'm just I'm just assuming because one of the things we learned is that yeah. sheep have twins and triplets a lot. They do, and then she said and they only have two and they teats. only have two teats. And if she said sometimes that. that's tri- something I learned. Sometimes a triplet gets left out. Did because you know that a sheep only has two teats? Like so many mammals, many, so many mammals have multiple teats. I definitely don't keep track in my head of how many teats animals have. I definitely don't. But like, yeah. so many mammals have more than two, like us. Did you know we only have two? Okay, so uh, th- <laughs> could you melt me, Greg? Could you melt me, Greg? <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Uh, we just watched Meet the Fuckers recently. It was it was a good rewatch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to feed these two little lamb because they're uh-huh. just like feeding them until they can get strong enough to be out on their own. And that was just a very fun, unexpected part of this adventure that was silly and just these two little like yeah, and tiny also dogs they were very around. different. Like yeah. I loved that they had different personalities. Like one of them, I fed the first one, and it was aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah, he was hungry. I was like, you need to chill out. And then Jason feeds the second one, and the second one's like, oh. I'll just Thanks, have, Jason. I'll just have some bites. Then it's like, give me my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, okay, guys. Kind of like the two of us. You know? A little bit. I'm when I go to Which eat. I'm like, I'm like, I'll just have like a little. And like, I'm like, give me my food. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that wraps nope, up. That's the podcast. <laughs> the uh, the time we want to share from that part of being in Scotland. And next week we will continue with some more fun stories. We'll but tell now, you about our castle. Let's get into the uh, other part of this episode. Not our castle. That we you went to probably a clicked into because you're like. Well, this is the part I want to hear about, which is the summer slumber parties. The summer slump. Let's talk about it, everyone. I'm actually surprised we haven't done a podcast episode about this. Well, I think because when the summer rolls around, we're like trying to take That's a That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that in this episode. So what we're referring to here is just the inevitable slowdown that happens in the online business world when summer rolls around. Yeah. I don't know if this is all businesses, but definitely Jason and I have been doing this for, you know, almost you more than 10 years, me almost yeah. 10 years at this point. It's, it happens every year. Summer rolls around. People go on vacation. People stop checking email. Stop checking email a little bit more. The kids are home maybe, or the kids are at camp or whatever. And there's more, you got to pay attention to them apparently. Yeah, you can do something. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Kids are lovely. They're a blessing. Sure. Um, and so inevitably just the pace of business changes. And you were just sharing with me recently that, 
you know, if you're, if you haven't been doing business as long, you can sometimes read into that slowness as like something's wrong with my business and like, I got to change it. Yeah. And I think this even is something that comes up for us, even though we've been doing this for a long time. Like I remember a couple of years ago with Wayne, especially with running our community and our Slack channel. I mean, it just slows down to a crawl Mm -hmm. in the summer. And I was like, "Uh oh, is everyone going to leave? And so I started hearing from a couple of our Wandering MP members who are like, you know, I'm getting to the summer and like, you know, things are slowing down. Like emails aren't getting open. People aren't showing up in my community. I'm not seeing, you know, not seeing sales of things. And now I'm thinking like my whole business is going to fail. But most of them basically said some version of, I know that's not true, but I'm still having these feelings. So we just thought it would be interesting to talk about because I feel like we have overcome that Mm -hmm. and uh you know maybe there's some things we can share that are helpful to help you overcome that as you're listening to this Mm -hmm. but maybe it's also just again one of those like let's normalize the conversation of this happens Mm -hmm. and not just like ignore the fact that like things get slow in the summer and you got to get real lean with your business and like that's a thing that you have to do Mm -hmm. and and i think that there's also a little bit of this wrapped up just to like let everybody know this summer is kind of like the first normal summer in two plus years Right. And it's a new normal, right? It's not even like a normal. So like, we don't even know what that looks like. Exactly. And, and I think the other thing is like with all the economic stuff that's going on too, like Mm -hmm. people are making decisions not to buy things and like, you know, this whole looming recession, like there's all of these forces at work. If you're looking at your business under a microscope right now, you need to understand like this microscope's like clicked down a couple, two more times than you're used to. And so just take a second to go, okay, there's a lot going on here. Let me not just like hinge all of my business on like these couple of factors. Like I understand that you have to make decisions and you have to make money, but also everything is not crumbling to pieces just because we're in like a really tough spot right here. Totally. Yeah. I think that's the overall advice that I would give is just don't make any huge sweeping generalizations about the fate of your business using data from this time period. Yeah. I think it's dangerous to just say, well, oh, sales are down. And so we got to s- totally switch it up. You know, it's like, that's, that's a different conversation from I need to make money right now. And so what am I going to do? And we're going to, you know, we can talk about that later on this episode, but just in general, from like a mindset perspective, you know, be careful not to tell, make up a story in your head about like, I'm, I need to throw everything out and start over yeah. based on things that you're seeing or the energy that you're feeling. I think a lot of his energy, you're Absolutely. like, you can tell when you're getting less replies in your inbox. You can tell when you're getting less engagement on your social posts. You can tell when you're getting less, you know, pings in the DMs or whatever. Yep. You can just feel a vibe of like, oh, people are not like responding to my stuff right now. But that could just be because people are not responding to stuff in general yeah. across the board. Like they're out, they're on vacation, they're traveling, they're figuring out, you know, like I said, what what's the pace of life in the summer like? And we we know this from, you know, doing this for many years is it does inevitably pick back up in the fall. The energy changes. Yeah. It's and, a back to school thing. You and know? I think the other thing that we've really done is we've Im- Im- kind of embraced this time and well, exactly. so turned it from a negative feeling of like, Oh, everything's slowing down to a positive feeling. And like, okay, let's also slow down. Let's also like, what, what is it all for? Like, why are we working so hard all these other times of the year at, to not have some time when like the weather is great and we can get out and we can do stuff and you know, whatever that looks like for you. And I think that's really the thing that turned for us was just to go, okay, we know it's going to be slow. Yeah, our approach is just to embrace it and to now plan for it. And I do think that that's a smart strategy because if you see a pattern developing, if you see the same energy dip every year, 
as a smart entrepreneur, you go, okay, that's going to happen next year. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to plan for that? And this is partially why we have structured our sales launches, our enrollment periods in this biannual way in the spring and in the fall yep. when the energy is sort of at the peak. And then inevitably in the summer, we plan for up kind of a stepping back. Yep. Well, we do two things actually. We view it as rest. So we do, what do we do? We do, we take a step back from the newsletter. We've done yep. that for probably the past three or four years, like an eight week, anywhere yep. from like four to eight weeks. We take off from our newsletter. Normally we take off from the podcast too. And normally we take off from the podcast. Because we're traveling a, and because we also took a break earlier in the year from the podcast, we kind of just figured let's just keep going with the podcast through the summer. Mm -hmm. And you know, if we need to take a break, like, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll take a break in August just for like a couple of weeks, just, just to give ourselves some time, but we'll see how we feel as the weeks go on. Yeah. It, it, this year, it definitely didn't feel like we needed to take that break as much, but we kind of view it as two things. So rest yep. because that's important. And also if the, the world is going on vacation, go on vacation with them, you know? Yep. Um, but then also view that time as seed planting also. So if you are deciding that you want to use that time in a productive way, which isn't necessary, you know, we don't have to like squeeze every ounce of our time into something productive. But if you are someone who really wants to make good use of that time to make your life easier in the fall, what are the things that are not like maybe sales dependent that are what we call seed planting activities? Like things that you know are not going to bear fruit right away, but might bear fruit in the fall. So it's like, is it is it redoing that old product that yep. you, you know, that ebook that you know is still really valuable, but maybe it's got some outdated info. Is it re doing a little brand refresh and maybe yeah. like coming with like a fresh new look in the fall. So you're excited about it. Is it, it could be finally I mean, it, getting your business finances in order. Yeah. I mean, it could also be going through all of the things you've purchased that you've said are going to help you improve yes, your business skills building. And finally, like do something with mm -hmm. those. Like, all those courses you've invested in, all those books you've purchased, all those trainings, all those workshops, now is the time to actually like pick a couple of them and go, I have the energy for this. I'm going to invest in this now. And, and I think that that's a big thing for us in any time of the year, not just the summer, but it's to realize when your energy is leaning you toward, okay, like I'm feeling like I want to like do some seed planting. Like I want to prepare myself for next summer to be able to take the break and to not feel the financial crunch of that. And so like if I start doing a bunch of stuff now that when I like do my next sale of my product in the spring of next year, I'm gonna actually build up a buffer so I can take some time off. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have to work through next summer. I can plan to have the cash flow to help me set that up. Yeah, if there's one big takeaway I hope like someone will walk away with from from this podcast episode, it's not just to not panic if you see a summer like slowdown. But it's also to start thinking big picture about your business in these sort of seasonal terms and just look kind of zoom the lens out and go not only like what do I think are the ebbs and flows of interest in my stuff as the year goes along, but also what do I want my life to look like as the year goes along? What do I want my focus each season to be? And if you feel like you're a little bit strapped right now where you didn't didn't maybe do that long-term planning, which is totally fine, by the way, when, especially when you're in those early stages. Yeah, oh yeah. You're just going week by week, you know, trying yep. to figure it out as you go. And that's totally fine and Every normal. day is a new quarter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but if you are in that position right now where you're like, man, I really didn't see this slowdown coming and I really was counting on that, that revenue from my launch that I did in spring, but now I did it in the summer and it's way lower, like, oh, oh no, definitely take some, maybe like, 15 to 30 minutes to write down and do some brainstorming for next summer to prevent 
this from happening again yeah. and going, how do I want to structure my year next year differently? So that like, maybe do I want to put more effort towards that spring launch? So then I don't even have to try to do a summer one and I can take the summer off. Yeah. Like really that's my one takeaway is just to, th- to maybe zoom the lens out a little bit, think a little bit more seasonal about your business, plan a little bit more long term. So that when the summer slowdown inevitably happens, you're not caught by surprise and you were like, I planned for this. And I think that's definitely what we would say for those of you who maybe are a little bit more seasoned. Maybe you like understand how your business is going. But for those of you who are having maybe one of your first summer slumber parties (laughs) and your business is just getting started or it's a side hustle and things are just getting going, you might be sitting there going, yeah, but like I still need to make money this summer. What do I do? What do I do? Good luck. No, No. just kidding. Uh, Yeah, one of the things that Caroline came up with when we were writing down some notes for this that I thought was a great one, which I'm just going to steal for a second, is finding a way to repackage some of what you do, some of what you sell, some of what you teach, some of what you create as a summer offering. So really just to like lean into the seasonality of it, lean into the slower pace of it, lean into this time and take your offer and don't just go, hey, like here's this standard thing that I'm selling and now I'm slapping just a 25% discount code on it because I just need to make some money. And instead it's like, be a little bit more creative, put a little bit more effort behind it. And I really want you to think about putting yourself in the shoes of your customer for a second. It's like, if, if you're experiencing the summer slowdown, they are too. So it's like, don't try to do your like most intensive six week coaching program in the summer, yeah. right? Like, of course there are exceptions and that's fine. If you feel like that's what your gut is telling you and you know, like, Oh, well, well, everyone's not doing this. I'm going to go that way. Like sure. do the, you do you. But I do think for the most part, kind of working with the energy of this instead of against it makes a lot of sense. So think about okay, how, especially in terms of messaging, how can I sell, if you do have to sell and you're like, well, I got to make money. I can't just like hold out until fall. Yeah. How, like Jason was saying, how do you repackage one of your offers with some type of messaging around summer? So it's like, if you're a brand designer, is it, a, is it a mini brand ref, refresh package that's like, you know, a third of what you might do for a full brand. So it's a third of the price tag and it's a third of the time investment. And cause you know that, your final customer is not interested. They don't have the time for like an eight week intensive and they're not that focused on their business, but the messaging around it can be like, Hey, are things slow for the summer? Now's a great time to get a little refresh on your branding for fall, you know? And it's like, that becomes the messaging point. So it's like really speaking to where your customers are and acknowledging the seasonality that we're all in. Yeah. And I think even for like a product creator, like especially like an online course creator, can you create like the summer version of your course where you're like, hey, you're not going to do the 12 lesson version. How about just like the three lesson mini summer version of this mm-hmm. course? Like it's just like you're on summer break. Just knock out these three things and like find a creative way to, to make it similar, but also like give it a little bit of summer branding. Like use that sunglasses emoji, uh, you know, use all the different suns and flowers and things and like make it something that feels like someone could look at that and go, yeah, you know what? Like I don't have time for a 12 lesson course that I'm going to like, but I could do like a quick three lesson for like a hundred bucks or something exactly. like that. And, and whatever that price is, like I just threw a random number out of my head, but like yours could be $20. It doesn't matter. It's what you know your customer is willing to pay, but just trying to get creative about the seasonality and not look at this as like, I have to force my standard offer down someone's throat at this point when they're not paying attention as much and lean into it and go, well, how can I grab their attention in a way that feels a little bit more in time with what their energy is doing right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there's a couple, a couple of different things there that are really helpful. I think the other thing is really just this 
entire idea of like, don't let the negativity around your business slowing down, like put you in a mindset where you're not getting things done. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you start to almost like resent your business cause it's not going well. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about trying to flip that to like, what, what are the things I can do? Like we talked about all the seed planting stuff, but it's like, what are the people you can reach out to that you were trying to get as clients? What are, what are the things you can exactly. do for your product that like it could be put somewhere else where it hasn't been placed yet to get a little bit more marketing, to get a little bit more promotion? Who are the people that do similar things to you you could reach out to to try and do guest podcast interviews with or a workshop with or any of those things that can try and build a little bit of that audience uh, building now? When maybe you're not going to get the sales, but you can, again, be seed planting for the future. Yep. And I think that goes back to the big mindset shift is in if you're someone who's experiencing negativity around this, like slowing down, it's probably because you feel like it's beyond your control, right? You're like, okay, I'm not getting, like we said, I'm not getting the replies. I'm not getting the DMs. And that feels very much like the external forces are, you know, slowing down and you can't control it. And so the mindset shift is taking back that control into your own mind and saying, oh, that's okay. I'm in seed planting mode and that is intentional on my part. It's almost like going into like a hibernation, right? Like I'm in hibernation mode right now. I'm in creation mode or I'm in seed planting mode or whatever you need to call it in order to take the power back and say, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to slow down. Um, and if you're not even, you know, if you are in a financial position where you don't have to make bills with your business right now, then it's just about embracing the slowness, right? Like we don't always have to be working. Like what is it all for if not to enjoy life? And so that's kind of the way that we have been lucky enough as you know, we've become more profitable over the years. We've been able to really embrace the slowdown as not even something we're, fighting against anymore, but something that we are choosing. Yeah. And I think one of the last things I definitely wanted to mention was just the reality of like our podcast listener numbers are down. Our website Mm -hmm. visitor numbers are down. Our engagement in our Slack community is way down. Our email open rates. I mean, we've been on an email sabbatical, but like we just, we send out our way members emails. Mm -hmm. Those open rates are down. All of it is down across the board. Uh, even like our new email signups, like it is just the norm. You know what's not down? What's that? Our spirit. Nice. Our ability to eat some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's never down. Just nope. to be honest. No, it's also, not. I have not had a cinnamon roll in so long. Okay, let's fix it. This is a problem that needs solving. Were you was there a point to wait before the cinnamon roll? Oh, there was just the relatability of oh, just all that the our numbers spirits being, aren't down. All exactly. the numbers being down, but your spirits aren't down. Totally. So it's just that that thing. And also what helps me too is I'll go back and look at historical data of like the previous summer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, there it is again. Like there's the summer slump, like, and then it picks back up in the fall. And so you just, you got to change your mindset around thinking the things slowing down now are a reflection of like your business completely, you know, failing. It's not at all that. It's just everyone's taking a break. So prepare for that. All right. I think that's it for our uh, adult slumber party episode that we want everyone who listens to this to do an adult slumber party this summer. (laughs) <laughs> and please make this a normal thing. Please uh, invite all your friends. Yeah. And I hope, have some snacks. I hope one couple listening to this or one person who's in a relationship. Has an adult summer party. Takes this to their significant I other. I think that's just called a party. And then I think people sleep there. No, but you, you got it. parties? You got to frame it as a slumber party. It has to start out that. Don't start out as a party and then you just fall asleep because you're drunk. Start it out as a, <laughs> we, I'm coming over in jammies because that's right. the whole point of this. Right. I brought Pop-Tarts. Right. I brought Three Musketeers on Blu-ray. Like, this is what we're doing tonight. We're sleeping on the floor. We're going to play Uno. And like, no, yeah. you're not allowed to sleep in your master bedroom, your primary bedroom. You're not allowed to uh-uh. do that. You have to sleep on the floor in here in these really uncomfortable sleeping bags that I brought. <laughs> 
that's what has to happen. So summer slumber parties. Do it. Okay. I think that's it for this episode. You did a great job, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. You really brought, like, I thought you were just going to nap, honestly. And I was just <laughs> going to, okay. to do your voice and I have to do my voice. Do my, do your best. My voice. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I was like, wow, that's a really soft toss there. Yeah. Hey, if you're a Gen Zer and you're listening to this podcast, this is our final request. We need you to email because I need to know if some Gen Zers. Listen. And also, where'd you I find really us? If so, and do so. we sound old? Are we old Muppets? Are and we? if we are, that's okay. I'm actually okay with being an old Muppet. You are. Yeah, especially if I get cookies. <laughs> Give me those cookies. What's a Muppet? All right, that'll do it for this episode. You silly geese. We'll talk to you next week. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>